Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So our penguinologist showed us something mm-hmm. just now before we, uh, we came in here. Yeah. Or rather, he had us listen to something. Mm-hmm. Apparently there's a there's an app that allows yep. you to listen to podcasts, and you can speed them up for the convenience of... Listening to it faster. Exactly. And which you can certainly do with audiobooks, but I'd never heard of it for podcasts, so that's a very interesting thing to know. But even more so, he played our theme song, not even like at full speed, like as fast as you, like two times, it was like half time. But it was perky. It was so perky. It was like two sisters. Da, 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 da. I don't know. It. I kind of preferred it in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. So sad news. Sad news this week. A. a no, legitimately sad news. Oh. Um. A. A very famous uh, author illustrator named Mordecai Gerstein, who I, I sort of knew in New York. I didn't know him well. You're but saying he, this in the past tense. Well, he died. You know, it's it's not hard and fast, but but I've always thought that you know it's kind of nice if we could take the classic books of people who've just died and do them on this podcast once in a while. Well, just and, a... and we do have Halloween coming up, and so you, is this about um, death? No, it's not about... Well, it's not about death, though death certainly <laughs> plays a part. Technically, the holiday... Not the holiday. The, the date that this would apply to has already passed, but due to the fact the man really only had one really legitimately famous possibly classic picture book. That's the one that I'm, I'm proposing that we do today. Okay. Now, we don't tend to do much in the way of nonfiction. Uh, we do picture books. Right. right. But there are a lot of nonfiction picture books out there. But quite frankly, a lot of nonfiction picture books from the past are crap. Okay. Uh, because nonfiction picture books of the past weren't great. Have we done any? I don't think we've ever done a single solitary one. I don't even know what one looks like. Well, exactly, right? So that's all going to change. Because for the first time in all of our history, since the day we started this podcast, eons ago, eons ago when we were young, (laughs) I present to you... The Man Who Walked Between the Towers. Bye. Mordecai Gerstein. That is correct. Now, this is a true story. 100% legitimately true. It is. Is that the a, World Trade Center? That is the World Trade. Do you know this story? No. So well, this is. Well, I know that there was a guy who. But it wasn't. It was after 9 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a guy who, like, will go on tightropes. Yes. Like, and do that across multiple cities or whatever. Yes. But. Um, and he did it. Um, when the Twin Towers were being built. So being built? When they were not entirely completed. When the tippy tops were still being constructed. How long ago was that? 70s. Oh. Right? So uh, that's, and that is the subject of our story today. So you take that book. Huh. It's very interesting. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, let me do you a little background information on Mr. Mordecai Gerstein. 
He was a super nice guy from everything everyone knows about him. He was born in Los Angeles and uh, didn't really start getting into children's books until about 1971. And interestingly enough, the person that he credits for getting his start was uh, the author Elizabeth Levy. She had this whole kind of early chapter book, kind of to chapter book series called uh, Something Queer is Going On. The name has not aged as well as all that, but he was the illustrator on these like mystery books, basically, that were going on. Now, it wasn't until 1980 that he started making his own books. And he just won a whole slew of awards, including today's book, uh, which won a Caldecott proper. And his most recent book, the one that came out this year, which I highly recommend that you seek out in some way, is I Am Hermes, where he tells different Hermes Greek myths uh, in the most wonderful, amusing, sort of comic picture book mashup style available. If you have to have like a final work that sort of stands while people remember you, this is an excellent one. It is one of my favorite books of the year. Two thumbs, way, way up. I Am Hermes by Mordecai Gersten. Hello, young learner. I'm walking here. Oh, you're walking here. You like that? Yeah, that like was good. This? That was good. It's like good. you so lived you in walk, New York 11 years or something. And then you're walking yeah. on the tightrope, you know? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Oh, I see what it's you did there. Clever. I'm so, I'm so behind it. Yeah. <laughs> he so, was walking there. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was walking. He was. He did. Quite well. He did it. One might say. One, yes, he did do it. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, how'd you like that, uh, that their book there? So, it's about a man mm. who walked between the Twin Towers. Well, spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Oh, wait, that's the title. It's, it's the I'm title. sorry, that's yeah. the title. Okay. But right, I like yeah. how the title page is the construction of the towers, and then you flip the page, and it's the finished towers. Yep. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice touch. It is a nice touch. Yeah. Are they completely done at that point or is like the tippy toppy still not completely done? I mean, it says that they're just finishing up the tippy toppy, but from far away, it looks like it's They pretty... look pretty finished. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So these buildings are made. They're mm-hmm. a quarter of a mile high each. Did you ever see them? No. No, I didn't either. I moved there two years after uh, they came down. I moved out in 2003. So, uh, I never saw them myself either. I don't think I ever knew they existed before they came down. We weren't exactly taught. They were on a Simpsons. There was a Simpsons where Homer went to the top of one and then there was no bathroom and so he had to go all the way down and go to the top of the oh, other one. Right. You remember that? Yeah. That was the most... Yeah, and fun quiz. Which Disney animated film begins with a shot of the Twin Towers? I don't know. Tangled? I don't know. Not Tangled. Enchanted? <laughs> Like you do tangled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That would be very funny. Uh, no, it was Oliver and Me. Oh, I didn't see which that. Which is set in New York City. Oh. It's it's like Oliver by Dickens, but with cats and dogs. Sure. It's not very good. Okay. Anyway. Next. So we got this performer mm-hmm. who... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Pierre. He likes to perform in the street and or is in the name? park. Is his name Pierre? Yeah. I thought his name was Philippe Petit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Doggone it, you just took a random French name and put it on top of him. I mean, it starts with a P. Yeah, right. yeah okay. His name was Philippe Petit. All yeah, right. Philippe. Well, it is with a P. Yeah, right, so that guy. So he, that like, guy. he performs in the park. 
and he likes to tightrope walk between, like, he'll tie a rope between trees, mm-hmm. and then he'll walk between them. Where this mom is sacrificing her baby. Her it's, baby! I'm pretty sure the man doesn't want your baby. I'm pretty sure he wants cash. But it's such a it's such a plump baby. <laughs> well, this is a theme in the book. Plump babies? It's sacrificing babies oh! to the performer. I don't know why, but, but it's a thing. Maybe that's a traditional thing. Because on the maybe next page... Maybe it's just page, French. He, so he talks about all, you know, how he used to... Do this back in Paris, where mm. he would walk, uh, you know, between the towers of Notre Dame. Let me tell you, Notre Dame was less of a oh when this book was first made. Now, of course, it had that big fire. I don't think right. you could walk between the towers of Notre I Dame. I wouldn't recommend anymore. it. Well, no, yeah, I wouldn't. But then you got, I wouldn't have recommended it then, technically either. But then but... you got a French woman who's sacrificing her baby. <laughs> Please take our babies. Why do women want to get rid of their babies? Apparently. You sacrifice a baby to the man who can defy gravity. How many babies does this man have? Hey, he's a lot of babies. So he decides that he wants to find a way to get to the top of the Twin Towers, somehow hook a rope between them, and walk on it. Seemed like a good idea at the time. So he says, well, I can't ask for permission because they would say, no, you're crazy. What's that old that old phrase? It's uh, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do that at work all the time. Oh, yes. So he decides to dress up as a construction worker with Very a friend. Very smart. But then they carry a 440-pound reel of cable up 188 stairs. So here's what I don't get. Who are these friends who are willing... To go in with him on this, and who could potentially be arrested yeah, as well? They're French, but they're French. Who cares about this? Four hundred pounds is nothing to the French. <laughs> so how do you? But how do you carry? It's like a big baguette. <laughs> how do you carry four hundred forty pounds up a hundred? I have literally no idea. Stairs. Like if you have a pulley system, you could do it that way. But they don't show them with a pulley system. They see the like physically, and there's only two of them in the picture, right? Yeah. That's and they're weird. just rolling this wheel of cable up the stairs, which I don't think... I don't know much about gravity, but I'm pretty sure that doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. But somehow... Somehow they, they do it, though. They do it. They get to the top, and they... So he has friends on the other tower. Yes. Who did not have to roll up a 400-pound cable. Uh, but they are also... Maybe they're French. They are, no, no, no. Maybe that's care. the American friends. Who and knows? And so they... Uh, Whoops. They, yeah. they take a, a bow and arrow. My favorite part is the bow and arrow. And they like, shoot it. All those archery classes are really paid off. 140 feet away mm-hmm. to the ledge. Oh, well, maybe it didn't pay off because... 15 feet below the roof. So that's not good. Where Philippe decides to hang by his tippy toes and grab the arrow. Do they say how old he is? No. I think he must be a young man. You know those young people who are like, I'm going to live forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to fall off the incipient Twin Towers and crash to my death. I'll just climb upside down and grab an arrow Yeah, that well, you know, my like, archery friend is incapable of shooting correctly. Well, Mom made a very good point. The other day she said, you're not afraid of heights. You're afraid of depths. It's, oh. it's the oh. depth. It's the depth. That does it to you. When you look over an edge and you see just the the depth, that's what huh. gives what you a, the Jim Jam. What an interesting distinction. And these pictures definitely gave me the Jim Jams quite a few times. Oh, yes. Where you get that weak in the knees feeling and it crawls up your spine and you're just kind of like, ooh. His perspective in this book it's is crazy superb. good. Very anyway, good. So job. he gets like the arrow that had the line. 
He ties that over to his cable, right. which it says it's five-eighths of an inch thick. Yes. I took a ruler. That drawing is legit five-eighths no of an inch thick. Yeah. So that is to scale. That is to book. scale. I did not know that. That well, is really go. cool and incredibly small for a foot to go on to. But yes. Yeah. That oh, is, it's terrifying. That's terrifying. Yeah. So they spend all night trying to get this cable... Um, horizontal yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. like tight tight between enough the two to, buildings you can walk on it yeah and it takes all night and I really like the three pictures because it shows you nighttime and now it's starting the sun is starting to rise and then it's daytime and they go all the way across the page like it's a full horizontal three for yeah they do mm-hmm. a very good job taking advantage of the pages and the yeah, space the layout. and the different ways mm-hmm. of doing it yep um the page turn yeah so then he puts on <laughs> his black shirt and tights like you do it's really tights are kind of like it loose. says tights. Oh really? Felice? Maybe he has tight. No, I don't know. Those okay. If you want to call those tights, you can. I would call those billowy black pants. But but uh, I'm just who going, knows? I'm just going with the Texas. You're just going with the Texas. All right. So he picks up his twenty-eight foot, twenty-eight foot balancing pole. I do not understand balancing. And then right. he steps out onto the wire. At which point I'm going, why? That are one, you that doing shot of that this? one foot, and it's like you could turn back now. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Your friends will be pissed that they carried 400 pounds of wire up upstairs. Right. But it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get the draw of seeing, like, three balls and wanting to juggle them, because yeah, I sure. do that all the time. Yeah. I do not get the draw of wanting to die. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you there. Or I'm just like, play you know, Yeah, I don't look at high places and go, I could walk that. But I do like the page turn where it, like, extends. Yeah, it's a gatefold. It, yeah. like, unfolds. Just so you can see the entire city below, yeah. the buildings, the 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 seagulls, seagulls, the water, the cars. Like it's it's. And very one of those cool. seagulls appears on the cover, and I often wonder if people mistake it for, for a bald eagle. For a bald eagle. That's what I thought it was. Yeah, at first. right. And it seems like if it were a bald eagle, it would be like super duper America. But it right. seems far more likely that it's a seagull. There right. are very few. Bald eagles in downtown Manhattan. Right. Well, right. and he and the story does mention the seagulls flying below him. Well, there you go. So, but there's a woman coming from the subway who might have been the first to see him. And at this point, I'm like, are you going to sacrifice your baby too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, great French wire walking god. Take my baby. Take, the, take my Manhattan baby. So, <laughs> so it's got the, the page... What do you call it? Gatefold? Gatefold. It's got that again. But down. It goes down instead yeah, of sideways. Yeah, so you can just yeah. see how tall the buildings are. Yeah. And, and how tiny he is up top. Yeah. I, I gotta credit her eyeballs for that because he is very small that high up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he, you know, he's just walking back and forth on the wire because he got cops on both sides with bullhorns. Yeah. Would, well, it would be really hard to hear with the winds up there, right? I would think that all that commotion would be so distracting. Whoa, you would lose your yeah. concentration and your balance. And yeah. Apparently not. He. Uh, I really wish at this point he yelled, come and get me, coppers. Because <laughs> I don't feel it would well, fit he, at all. But he it's knew just he such... wasn't going to be able to stay up there forever. And yeah, taunting no. the police probably isn't a good idea. I guess that's right. I guess that's true. Then again, he does lay down on the wire. For some reason, this disturbs me less. Oh, this got me. The really? That's the oh, one that my, got you? my knees were like, uh, uh. I feel like that's okay because it's closer to your hands. And I'm like, 
Well, that's okay, because then if he, like, he accidentally falls, then he can, like, grab it with his hands. Well, I was confused because when I first saw this, I thought that was a wire attached to his waist. Oh, yeah, And no. that he was falling from the uh, wire. Like, oh, I, thought his, I see. You thought that? Oh, I thought so you his thought pole that his was, pole the wire, was the wire. And that there was a wire attached to his waist, and he was falling from the wire. So I was right. like, oh, he was safe all along. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, no. No, in fact, he oh, was... Oh, no, he's just got the balancing pole on, on top, top of, of his him. belly. Because yeah. that's how balancing works. Kids, I still do not understand how balancing works. Right. At all. At all, at all. But he eventually, you know, admits, okay, well, I guess I gotta go back and go to jail. Face, uh, yeah, so he... Face the man. He walks back with his wrist held out for the handcuffs, and mm-hmm. he gets placed in front of a judge. Who's probably had some really boring cases up till now, I would think. I like this judge. Yeah, this judge probably was so relieved for this with this case. Like, oh man, I had a baby murderer. I had a woman who stabbed thirteen people on the subway. What? What this? What this hardened criminal? Oh, he walked between the twin towers. Oh, that's a de- that's delightful. That's delightful. <laughs> that's, that's just charming. He sends him. To oh, is he French on top of it? Oh, oh, look he, at him. He just his sentence is to perform in the park in front of kids. Yeah, which I'm like that oh, is you, so you, sweet. You. Until freaking baby sacrifices again. <laughs> this is the third baby. And clearly this one didn't work because he falls almost with that one. Right. Thanks okay. to the unsacrificed two children who pull on his wire. The fact that this guy caught himself is very good because, he, well, it does look like in this picture he's performing above water, but... Yeah, you don't he's, know. At, he's at the castle. That castle that's in... Um, I mean, you don't know how high above the ground But you don't know how high above the ground is. It could be like he falls into the water and it's like concrete. Exactly. Exactly. But again, baby sacrifices. Baby sacrifices (laughs) and, uh, you know, supplemental note, uh, children suck. I just want to say, parents, keep your babies when this man is around. (laughs) Just hold on to him. He doesn't want him. He wants cash. Give him him cash, not your baby. Cash, not babies. But then the end of the book... very hard to fit in the public pocket. The end of the book ends with, now the towers are gone. And I thought it was going to end there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good ending. Mm -hmm. But then the page, and it's like, but in a memory, you can imprint in the sky, the towers are still there. I, I agree with the decision because you know now the towers are gone people are going to like it's like wait what and then you know it's not we don't have to go into why the towers are gone there's plenty of time when the kids are older to cover all of that but it's good this is a good september 11th book because people want to talk about it with kids but at the same time they don't know how much to say yeah and so you know and this was a tricky thing when my kids were growing up like september 11th would come along and they'd be like, what's September 11th? They're like, well, that's the day the Twin Towers fell. Well, why did they fall? Because some bad people sh- drove airplanes into them? And they'd be like, why did they do that? And I'm like, this is a whole this is a whole thing. I, I have to go into a whole thing. This book, yeah, a kid is going to ask probably, why did they fall? But at least there is something, you know, joyful um, that you can tell in association with the towers. Yeah. Above and beyond the fact that they disappeared at some point. Which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so his story has been told in many different ways. Um, Probably the best known was a documentary uh, that came out in 2008 called Man on Wire. Did you Mm, hear about that one? I recognize the name. Yeah, it's a pretty well-known one. And that was about him. So Man on Wire was this story. So is the guy still alive? 
Oh, yeah. And that's kind of the irony here, is that the guy who made this book is dead now. Um, and the man the book is about that you would think, because he's, he's still walking wires left and right and central. Hmm. Uh, he's doing fine. Hmm. He was supposed to come to my library uh, when I was in New York City, and it just fell through, whatever it was he was supposed to do. Was something. New York, New York Purple Library was going to get him for something, and it didn't go through. I'm still mad about that one. I'm like, oh, I could have met him. A biographical drama called The Walk was made. Now, this came out in September of 2015. What actor, what, what actor you believe played Philip Petit? Uh, Christopher Walken. That would have been <laughs> delightful. Um, Meryl Streep. Okay, so it was Joseph <laughs> Gordon-Levitt. Really? Yeah, right? When I look at Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't think there's a lithe, young, red-headed man who can play a part of a French guy in the sky. No. Not the casting I would have gone with. Huh. There is a animated version of this that Weston Woods did, of this book specifically, uh, read by Jake Gyllenhaal, and that is lovely. He does a really good read. Hmm. So two thumbs up to you, Jake Gyllenhaal. And let me say, after September 11th, a whole slew of picture books came out, like right in the aftermath, trying to tell some sort of September 11th adjacent story. There was one called September Roses. There was uh, one about a fireboat that helped put out the flaming tower towers. None of them stuck. Uh, but this one came out like two years later, and this was the one that I think everyone was like, okay, that's that one. That's the book. That's the one we were looking for. Hmm. So yeah. Oh, ratings time. So I really like this book. I think this is a good first nonfiction book for you to introduce me to. And a Caldecott winner. Shiny gold. And this is one of the few times where I 100% agree that mm -hmm. that should have got it because I love the illustrations. I like the story. I like the drama. I love how the illustrations gave me the Jim Jams. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to read. Like you could read this multiple times to a kid. Right. It's just, you know, the ending is... Not exactly the happiest. Yeah, it's not the happiest, but without the context to a certain extent, it's it's fine. They're like, okay, they're not there now, okay. Well. But this thing happened and it was cool. Right. Well, I gave it a 7.5. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, actually, I was thinking that I was actually, and this is kind of high for me, but I agree with you. I love nonfiction picture books, and it's only really been within the last 20 or 30 years that we've been seeing any significantly good ones. Um, so I'm, I'm. I really love the art. I love the gatefolds. I love what he did with the story. I love how accurate it is. And he didn't, like, put a ton of fake dialogue in there. And he mm -hmm. didn't, like, have, like, things that people were thinking that they weren't actually thinking. I mean, thinking. there's a lot of sacrificial babies, but other than yeah, that... Yeah, aside from the sacrificial <laughs> babies, I'm giving it an eight. Okay. Yeah. So it's definitely a classic. A clear-cut classic. Good, Ooh, good. That I like it. That's nice. I and like it's it. been a while since we've done a proper gold Caldecott. Yeah, and I agree so, with that. Uh, Yay. Cool. All right, letters time. Ooh. All right, Josh Volka wrote in, and he said, uh, I'm going to mend this because he uses our usernames online, uh, so I'll just do our actual names. He said, somehow, Kate and Betsy came up with an impromptu creepy carrot song while discussing the carrot seed, yet never bring up creepy carrots. Creepy and then he says, carrots. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, he says in parentheses, how many times did you rehearse that before the one that made the cast? Because it was great. And he's talking about when we did our Gregorian carrot Ch chant. Right. Like, 
Get. That's just us, baby. We're yeah. just naturally gifted. Sometimes we get on point and sometimes, well, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like trying to find <laughs> something that is adjacent to harmony. And sometimes I hit it and sometimes I don't. Another carrot seed comment. Uh, this one from Jan Sassina. He said, he, well, he, this is more of a description. Um, he called this a 24 carat classic. Ooh, nice. Or a seed of subversion. Oh, come on now. I love it. Right. A seed of subversion. Well, 24 carat just makes me think of Bruno Mars, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you have, you know, he's your buddy and everything. He is. Yeah. We have a gift. I like gifts. A gift in the mail. I like Physical mail, gifts. mail came. Ooh. And it was addressed... Oh, see, the address is gone. So it was addressed to both of us. Okay. Uh, all right. And inside, you will find two books. This is uh, from John Sheska. We have done two John Sheska books. Yeah, Stinky Cheese and uh, the and Three Pigs one. And the Three Pigs one. So this came after the Three Pigs one. And he wrote a note. This one's just to me. So uh, <laughs> it says, Ms. B, a little astro something for you and your space sister, Kate. You're my space sister. Cool. Hope to see you soon, J.S. And it is uh, his newest book, which he has done with his son-in-law, Stephen Weinberg. This one's for you, signed to you. And this one's for me. So this is Astronauts Mission 1, The Plant Planet. Uh, It is a goofy as heck. I'm going to call it an early chapter book. It is a lot of visuals. A lot of visuals. And it's about these uh, super-powered creatures that have to go into space and their spaceship i believe uh is the nose of thomas jefferson on mount rushmore (laughs) there's a lot of uh, monty python to this to a certain extent it is it is goof goof tastic i I like goof i'm down with goof it's I also like Thoroughly free gifts. So. Yeah, there you go. So it's both goof. <laughs> and I especially and like gifts that are signed to me. <laughs> I like that too. I am I'm very fond of that. So awesome. thank you, Mr. Sheska. Thank, thank you for you. your astronauts. That sounded terrible. I'm going to have to recup that. But <laughs> thank you for uh, Thank you for your nuts. Thank, nope. See, you're going to have to recut that one too. No. See? No good. All right. Grown-up things we like. So mine's... I like just giving you random weird things. Oh, I love random weird things. So we're coming up on Halloween, right? Sure. And Halloween is the time for kooky decorations. Sure. And if you go into Target, you might find a $5 thing. A $5 thing? It's a candle holder. I saw this on your bed and I thought about making a comment and then I was like, I have no idea how to describe this. And it looks like a white hand yeah. that, like, someone dipped into kind of, like, ceramic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, and, and it, it's in the process of walking across. Right. And yeah. at the top of the wrist is a candle holder. Yeah, and you love your candles. I do. And I like, and I saw this for it five bucks. It is a thing. Like an and it makes me thing. super happy. So this is my kind of thing. Thanks, Target. That's a really <laughs> nice thing. I'll have to take a picture of that and include it in the old show notes here so people know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Perfect Halloween decoration. Oh, wonderful. Well... For my grown-up thing, I decided to actually pretend to be a grown-up for a while. And, uh, what, might I ask you, is the most grown-up thing to watch on television? Oh, man. C-SPAN. Close. I would I would follow C-SPAN, maybe even tie it, with Ken Burns documentaries. Yeah. Ain't a kid alive who's, like, being like, ooh, 
the Civil War. Um, so, and not just anyone, because right now everyone's watching the country music one. Uh-huh. That's that's not for me. I'm I watched uh, Prohibition. I watched that one a while ago. So good, right? Yeah, First it's really of all, shout out to Francis Clark Sayers, who gets a nice shout out in that. She's from Evanston. They don't mention that, but she is, and she has. I'm, I work right next to her house, uh, which is right next to my library. And then there was the story of George Remus. Do you remember the story about George Remus? No. He was this lawyer who turned into like this major, very successful bootlegger, and he had this whole network. It was apparently like the nicest guy, and he. Then he but then he like divorces his wife for his cutesy ootsy secretary, and uh, and then he gives her all. He trusts her completely. He's, he's under arrest. He, he puts all the money in her name. The DA, or the, no, the, the, he confesses to a guy in jail he's done this. The guy was actually a spy for, like, the government. Falls in love with her. She divorces George Remus, and they take all his money, um, and then you hide it somewhere. And then he gets out of jail and see, well, he gets out of, like, court sometimes. You know, he's you know, out of jail, and he sees her, and he shoots her. Then he uses the insanity defense and gets off scot-free. It was just the craziest story. I was like, where is that movie? I want to see the John C. Riley biopic of George Remus. So, okay. Yay, two thumbs up. <laughs> Ken Burns documentaries. Yeah, no, the yeah. Prohibition one is very educational. It's very interesting. It's good because the guy actually explains to me something I never really understood, which was, how did this happen? Yeah. Americans yeah. really like alcohol. Yeah. So what happened there? And it, it answers that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay, so next week, bring me a Halloween book. Cause okay, I wanna... yes, because I, I was kind of worried that we're, we're doing these ahead of time and maybe we've missed our cutoff for no, Halloween. No, no, no. We still got time. Excellent. I will bring you the scariest, spookiest, classic, tediest. That a word? I don't know. I only remember a couple Halloween, to, Halloween books you've given me, so I'll, give me something good. All right, I'll give you something real good. Something or really good. bad. Or really terrible, but remembered. Yeah. All right, I'll see what I can do. Cool. All right, until then, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fusing Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime and our wire walker is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.